Welcome aboard to Cruise Radio, your home port for everything cruising and more. Subscribe to our newsletter and weekly radio show at cruiseradio.net. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. We're all there at cruiseradio.net. On this show, very excited to have the man, Joe Farkas, ship architect and designer. If you have sailed on a carnival ship, this guy created it. Mm -hmm. We'll talk to him in just a moment. But first, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is with us. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Hey, man. NCL pulls out a Mazatlan. Why? Well, NCL, like Disney, has pulled out for the season, but actually uh, NCL's not returning to Mexico, so they're, they're gone indefinitely from sailing there. Uh, last week, uh, two men were uh, shot and killed outside a hotel oh, boy. Uh, back entrance. It was not near the cruise ships, but... Unfortunately, it was enough for uh, NCL to say uh, we're we're done uh, with what's going on, um, all things considered. And um, they're gonna they like uh, Disney are gonna spend uh, two days um, out in Cabo San Lucas instead. They're just not gonna take a chance. Hmm, that's good. Fog issues again over the weekend for car- was it just Carnival this time or was it for Royal was, as well? It was Carnival and Royal Caribbean on Sunday. Uh huh. The uh, the fog was uh, just too uh, too great. They had zero visibility. So instead of the ship arise, uh, arriving around 5 or 6 in the morning, the ship didn't arrive till after 10, and uh, that just delayed uh, departures uh, for both ships. And look, it, 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 it happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, passengers have got to understand that the cruise lines don't control the weather. They're not going to jeopardize the ship's safety or the passenger's safety to try to get in there um, when it's not safe, not to mention legally they couldn't because the port was closed. What's this I read about passengers uh, signing a petition around the cruise ship? Well, this just doesn't happen with, with Carnival. This happens hmm. on, on some other ships. It's very, very infrequent. You get some you know, disruptive passenger who is unhappy with the compensation that's offered and essentially goes around and, and creates trouble and essentially is creating mutiny on board the cruise ship. Uh, they're, they're not happy with this. They're not happy with that. The captain's not being... Um, you know, sensitive to their needs. Now, keep in mind that when the passengers got on Carnival Ecstasy, for example, they were told that the cruise was being shortened. The five-night cruise went to four, which, and then because of additional fog, they couldn't get out until the next morning. So that made it a three-night cruise. Now, mm-hmm. the passengers were given an option, which the cruise line is under absolutely no obligation to provide. They were given a 50% refund of their money up front, a future cruise credit, uh, a lot of shipboard amenities, or they could cancel the cruise, get a full refund, and get a future cruise credit. Fair so enough. They knew what they were getting. They accepted the offer. But then you had a few people on board that were, you know, essentially going around and trying to collect signatures to sign a petition. And there are, on, on other cruise lines, there, there have been cases where the passengers have become quite disruptive <laughs> and, and demanding things, and they're in no position for it. And, you know, the, the bottom line, what the cruise lines really need to do is they need to <clears throat> essentially make these passengers walk the plank. Yeah, I'll say put a damn plank on them ships. Let them, let them walk it, get them <laughs> off the ship. They're like a, they're like a cancer, <sighs> and they're, they're essentially impeding the, the experience of other passengers, and they need to get rid of them. Butter, butter knife fights, all pure mayhem. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just it's unfortunate that you have, you know, disruptive people that, that go on the cruise. And you know, just completely, you know, lack, you know, any, um, you know, response.
responsibility yeah. and, and understanding of what's going on, any you know reasonableness, and they, they need to get rid of them. All right. Bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? Yeah, drug bust last week in Montego Bay, huh? Well, listen, it's not the, uh, the, you know, the, the first time that uh, drugs have been found on board uh, the cruise ships inside the, the crew areas. And, of course, the big question is, how are they getting there? I know, right? And it seems, you know, pretty prevalent, um, you know, of, of what, what's been going on. Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, look, this happens on, on hotels, so it's nothing new. Nothing to be, uh, you know, alarmed about. But um, the good news is that uh, they are being caught. Well, let me get this straight. Are you implying that there are drugs near Jamaica? (laughs) (laughs) There would be no snow here, man. Well, another thing is like, okay, people could sneak on all this Coke, uh, crew members at that. Oh, it wasn't weed. Okay, it was Coke. It was Coke, right? Yeah. Yeah, crew members can sneak on all this Coke, but, you know, if you try to bring a bottle of liquor on board, you're treated like a damn criminal. Yeah, it's there. There's something. There's something has gone awry, because all of a sudden, you know, you know, it's it's not like all of a sudden, but you know, now we're starting to find out, and it's starting to be reported more frequently. But it's unfortunately, it, it's not new. But uh, yeah, the, the like I said, the, the big question is how how is it getting on the ship? Yeah, they are going to be searching you more thoroughly when you go on board. I'm sure. Saint right. Kitts might be a port for Royal Caribbean's allure of the seas. Well, it's 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 interesting. Is this uh, you know this could be a uh, trial run, where uh, Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas is going to be making a uh, stop at the island of St. Kitts on December 30th. So this may you know may you know be able to show that uh, the ships can get into a new port. And St. Kitts has actually been uh, you know on the rise as far as a a cruise port and being able to handle large amounts of passengers. And apparently the satisfaction rates um, are on the rise as well. So, you know, this this will give uh, some some diversity to the itineraries for the big uh, the big two ships. Well, I was going to ask you, uh, how busy is St. Kitts right now? Well, I mean, they're 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 I believe they're processing over half a million passengers. Hmm. So, you know, they they do have a pier, and uh, you know, there are more ships that are going. St. Kitts in the British Virgin Islands has been typically reserved for. You know, the, the smaller ships, some, some larger ships, uh, Celebrity, uh, have been going there over the years, and it's, it's been on the rise uh, where, where other islands uh, have been on the decline. So uh, it's, it's a good sign that, I mean, that Royal Caribbean, it's not like they're considering it, they're doing it. They're going to be there December 30th on Allure of the Seas for the New Year's sailing, so it's definitely uh, a good sign of what may be on the horizon with some uh, improved uh, itineraries for Oasis and Allure of the Seas. Good deal. All right, thank you very much, Stuart. All right, guys. Have you been dreaming lately about a romantic tropical cruise to the Caribbean? Cruise one. Or how about a breathtaking scenic cruise to Alaska? Cruise one. Or how about the Mexican Riviera? Or Cancun? Cousin? Or New England? Or Canada? Or Italy? Or Greece? Or the Far East? Or how about a cruise around the whole world? Cruise one. Got a dream vacation for you. Cruise One has more than 550 cruise specialists nationwide ready to help you plan your dream cruise. And speaking with a local Cruise One expert is as easy as calling toll-free 1-800-CRUISE and the number one. That's 1-800-CRUISE-ONE or find us online at cruiseone.com. Nationwide. Cruise One. Yeah. Cruise One. 
If you're like Doug and you rack up a $500 texting and cellular phone bill <laughs> while you're cruising, you've uh-huh. got to look into this. Again, the AT&T Cruise Ship Passport. Stay in touch while you're out at sea. $35 a month. The package provides the following services while on the cruise ship cellular network. 15 minutes of voice and 15 messages sent. That's text, picture, and video. The cool thing about this package from AT&T is the fact that you can turn it on and off as you cruise. I'm turning mine on, and I'm turning mine right back off until my next trip. This way, I'm not always getting charged $35 a month. Services available on more than 140 cruise ships while on the Cellular at Sea network. For a list of cruise ships, go to att.com slash travel guide. To sign up for the AT&T Cruise Ship Passport, log on to your AT&T wireless account at att.com slash mywireless or call 916-843-4685. Overage rates are $249 a minute, 50 cents per text message sent, and $1.30 per picture or video message sent. Messages received while on the cruise ship will continue to be charged at your normal domestic rate. Have a question for the experts, or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Architect and designer for cruise ships, Mr. Joe Farkas. Welcome to Cruise Radio, Joe. Thanks. Good to be here. I didn't realize you're a Gator. You graduated from University of Florida, right? I, sh- I sure did. Yeah. Go Gators. Long time ago, but uh, I uh, really enjoyed my time in Gainesville. Anybody listening who sailed on a Carnival ship, you, Joe Farkas, have designed that ship most likely. Yeah. yeah Going back as far as did you see the festival? Well. Ted Arison, the founder of Carnival Cruise Lines, gave me my start. He allowed me to open my own office uh, and gave me the job of redesigning the TSS Festival, or what became the Festival, which was the third ship in uh, the Carnival fleet. I had actually met him and got to know him well and laid the foundations for that when I was working for the architect Morris Lapidus, and we were doing the conversion of what was Carnival's second ship, the TSS Carnival. And from that, I was able to make a pitch to Ted and when, when the time came for them to buy this third ship. And, uh, and uh, Ted uh, gave me my start. I, I couldn't have uh, started an office without that project, yeah. and that's what, that's what started me and kept me going for all these years. And I've been basically... For all intent and purpose, a one ar- one client architect for the last thirty four years. At what point did you realize you wanted to design ships? Was this a, a childhood dream? Well, the fact of the matter is, I was always interested in ships. I was always interested in drawing. And when I was about fourteen or fifteen, the first book that I ever bought uh, prophetically was called "How to Draw Merchant Ships," and uh, and I began uh, copying drawings and learning a little bit about ships. Not ever realizing at that time that my professional career would take me into shipping. Growing up in Miami had a big influence on that, I would assume. Well, it did. I mean, the ships were there at the port, albeit a very different thing. But I think the major influence for me, and and very fortunate, was that I grew up in a tourist town. And, uh, you know, and I think as a result of all those years and working at a hotel and uh, and just hanging out, you know, as kids do, learning to see what people like to do, the the experience that uh, they would feel on coming on holiday. And I think that all of that served me very well when my opportunity came around to actually begin designing ships uh, like this. Aside from the obvious, what are the subtle differences between a building architect and a ship architect? Yeah, well, it's the restrictions that ships have that buildings don't have. When you're designing a building, let's say a hotel, you have a site. 
And, of course, there are restrictions. There's zoning regulations that say you have to be set back from the property line or the ocean so far, and it can only be so high. But it's a pretty broad envelope to design something in. With a ship, you're talking about essentially a long tube. So everything has to be fit within that tube that uh, not only is physically different, but the uh, technical requirements are so much different. I mean, the ship, first of all, has to float and be stable. It has to conform to all the fire rules, which are much more strict than in buildings. So overall, I would say it's a very, uh, very much uh, restricted in terms of design, aesthetics, and the technical aspects. It's astounding to me how these ships even get made at all. It seems like it could take forever. Uh, how long does it take from start to finish? Overall, to design the the interiors, the concept, not the general arrangement plan. That that can take a general arrangement plan can evolve over uh, a year or more. But designing the interiors took me, I don't know, in the, in the neighborhood of about four months. And then we would give it to the shipyard. They would elaborate on it, and we would work with them to um, finalize all the details and materials that would fit the budget and so forth and then go ahead and, and produce the ship, uh, including us reviewing all the drawings, all the mock-ups and so forth, right up to the delivery. And that basic process continues to this day. As your title includes both architect and designer, and as you're just talking about there, you're not only you know designing the structure, I guess, of the ship, but also, I mean, how detailed are you getting with the interior decor? Or I don't want to say decor, but y- you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, well, that's... But that's a, that's the majority of our work. I mean, you know, when we do a prototype ship, which is like the first in a series where there's no sister ships, then we get heavily involved in the space planning, right. which is uh, ultimately incredibly uh, important because it, first of all, it creates some spatial excitement for the ship. It creates a logical path for the guests to use the ship in the most efficient way. It also uh, allows the uh, the service people on board to do their jobs in the most uh, efficient way. So mm-hmm. it's a sort of like a four-dimensional puzzle to, to design all that. So once that is established and we create what's called the general arrangement plan, and if it were a building, it would be called the floor plans, then we get into creating the interior concepts for all the spaces. And, and that's what we do. And, and when we do a sister ship, we take the same general arrangement plus whatever changes the owner may want in the uh, you know in the meantime, and then create the uh, decorative schemes for all the rooms. And generally, huh. my work has evolved to a point that I don't even remember when, but I would say in the neighborhood of 20, 25 years ago, I, I came up with the idea that what I'm designing is what I call entertainment architecture. Mm-hmm. It's architecture and, des- and interior design that is geared to take the guests away from their ordinarily ordinary life and go into a sort of dream ideal world that they can just lose you know all the frustrations of life recharge their batteries and have a good time and to me that's what a cruise is all about am i to infer that you are pretty much like a contractor with the framing of a house i mean you're mm-hmm. you're designing you know the steel structures and the beams and all that to the very, you know, last, uh, I don't want to say paint or, or colors or curtains on the wall, but, but to, to the, the, from start to finish of the ship, is that right? 
Yes, yes. Although, wow. I mean, I'm not a structural engineer. I don't design the steel, the size of the steel beams. Right. I work with the ship structural department. I right. work with the shipyards air conditioning department because we have to fit in everything. It's right. a very hands-on job, again, from the total, from the technical side to where the walls are, where the ceilings are, where the floors are, where the stairs are, where, where the bars are, where yeah. the restaurants are, all of that. And then once that technical aspect is solved, then we get into what is this room going to look like? What, what a feeling are we trying to evoke? How will this room fit into the total experience that a guest has on board that will, in the end, give them this a feeling of uh, being in this uh, wonderful world that is completely different from their normal life? So it is a you know, an A to Z experience. Uh, we are com- you know, completely hands-on from when the ship is nothing more than an idea and it ends up as a delivered ship when the guests come on board. That's awesome. Have you ever changed your mind after the plans were already in the shipyard's hands? No, not really. Not, not, in, not in any meaningful way. I mean, sometimes we'll look at a mock-up and, and something doesn't look quite right, and we'll say, okay, let's, you know, let's modify this. But <laughs> these are, uh, you know, uh, very small uh, glitches on a uh, very complicated uh, composition. So we'll never hear Joe storm in and say, this is all wrong, destroy it and start over. This is not my vision at all. <laughs> uh, well, I have raised my voice, but uh, uh, it, it, it has revolved mainly around when we deal with a new subcontractor that has never worked on us, never worked for us. Right. And they have presented something that is supposed to be our concept. In other words, following the designs and drawings and materials that we've shown, only they've made a complete muck of it. And uh, <laughs> but the, even that is a very rare experience. And usually, I mean, I would, you know, if I spent well less than one percent of my time in in that. Uh, agitated emotional state that you uh, <laughs> that you try to recall so um, you know it, 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 it's a very professional uh, course, situation from A to Z and we uh, you know that's one of the things that I love working in the shipbuilding industry because the level of professionalism is so high and it uh, and I've, you know one of the things that I pride myself in is working with the shipyard as a partner, not as, not in a adversarial position, because in the end, it is a partnership that that makes the, the the best project in the end. So you give a little, but you get a lot more. We're looking forward to the launch of the Carnival Magic in a couple of months. Uh, being the sister ship to the Dream, are there any major differences? There are some significant changes. Um, uh, at the request of Carnival, you know, Carnival is uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, has new management, they have new ideas, and we, were, we have worked with them to fulfill those ideas. So, for example, our uh, steak restaurant, our premium restaurant that heretofore had always been on the top of the ship, has been moved down to Deck 5. That's one big change. We've mm-hmm. redone the, um, the spa, created a new, completely new layout, and... Uh, uh, new interior materials to you know to create a new feeling that uh, Carnival wanted to do on it. They've introduced a pub on the ship, which I did not design as a German group that uh, Carnival is working into their design work. In fact, they will be doing uh, most of the uh, Carnival Breeze the next ship, but I will just be doing the 
uh, theater and casino on as I slow down, uh, you know, my career. Mm-hmm. There are other things, but, but you know, but it's principally um, the overall feeling of the ship is much more driven by the needs and desires of the Carnival Cruise Lines executives. And you know that was probably the uh, the biggest change for me is that uh, you know they 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 their new new management approach is to uh, you know get much more involved in the um, overall outlook of the ship, and uh, so it's been a little more challenging for me in that respect. But you know this is what architects do; they work for clients, and uh, and uh, you know it was not a difficult thing for me to do. I got to say, I'm just so impressed with your work and what you do. It's astounding. That these, these well, thanks. Thanks be- a lot. That, yeah, that, that means a lot to me. It's it's so it's it's just amazing. Of course, you know it's just astounding that these things uh, stay afloat with uh, <laughs> as high, you know the bigger they're getting and uh, and all that. But it's it's so good to talk to you. I know you're really busy off there. You mentioned you were in New Orleans. Are you still there now? Yep, sitting on the front porch of my brother-in-law's house as we talk. Love it. I know it's been quite a while since Katrina, but uh, how's it looking these days? Well, we haven't gone to the Ninth Ward. We were just about to go and visit uh, my wife's old neighborhood in Lakeside, which was heavily hit by it. But it's coming back. I mean, when you're downtown, I mean, in in many ways, the city looks better than ever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's definitely an optimism and a vitality here uh, that... uh, that has, I think, reinvigorated the, you know, the real authentic uh, nature and quality of New Orleans. Uh, I mean, I, I've always loved coming here and, uh, and you know, continue to do so. We, we had lunch at Galatoire today. It was absolutely outstanding. Maybe other people who are still suffering uh, uh, to, to a great extent wouldn't agree, but from, from the outsider's point of view, uh, it's, uh, it's just fantastic. Well, for those listening, if you've sailed on a Carnival ship, this is the man who's uh, pretty much created them, ship architect and designer Joe Farkas. So good to talk to you. Thank you for spending time with us on Cruise Radio. My real pleasure. Anytime, and I look forward to seeing you aboard the Magic. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. Each episode, we bring you Porthole Cruise Magazine's Pick of the Week. If your upcoming cruise takes you to the islands of Hawaii, consider spending some time on the shore immersing yourself in the food and culture of the islands by booking a Hawaii food tour a true culinary tourism experience created by Matthew Gray, one of Hawaii's most famous food writers and restaurant reviewers. According to the company, the most popular of their tours is the Hole in the Wall Tour, which is all about the foods of Hawaii. You'll experience several of the island's food specialties like Hawaii's famous bakeries and marketplaces, a Chinese noodle factory, barbecue, tropical fruits, and more. The tour is offered seven days a week, so it's perfect for any day in port. Check out hawaiifoodtours.com for information or to reserve a spot. Every week, we like to try and save you a little bit of money, courtesy of CruisesForLess.com. Here's a good one. Four-night Western Caribbean cruise from just $249 aboard the Carnival Imagination leaving out of Miami. Two dates on this one, April 11th or May 2nd. It visits Key West and Cozumel, plus one of those famous fun days at sea. Experience the majesty of Alaska aboard the Disney Wonder. This is a seven-night ocean view cabin from 1353 Vancouver round trip. This is on May 10th. Kids sail free in the same ocean view or balcony stateroom with two paying adults. 
This comes out to less than $677 per person in an Ocean View stateroom for two adults and two kids. If I was going to be in town this week, I would do this one right here, a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise from $349 aboard Princess's Caribbean Princess is heading from San Juan up to New York on May 1st. This is one of those unique repositioning cruises that visits St. Thomas, Antigua, and Bermuda just before sailing into New York Harbor. And this cruise really is less than like $50 a night, plus cruises for less can help you arrange your airfare, too. Jump on these deals quickly. You can call 888-973-SHIP. That's 888-973-7447. Or go to cruisesforless.com slash cruise radio all right that's going to do it next week travel writer chris owen joins us to talk about his latest article 10 ways to save money on a cruise without being a cheapskate don't forget we are also on the stitcher radio network a free app you can download from your smartphone blackberry droid uh, iphone all of those also if you want to check it out go to our website cruiseradio.net we have a link there it takes you right to it did you mention it's free it is free yeah, it's a great new efficient way to get your podcast and other live streaming radio From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.